Happy to do it. I will yeah. fall on that grenade for you. Even though I had to correct Cash's stuff oh, right from the very beginning, from the first line. Well, what was wrong with the very yeah. first line? S-H-H-T. It's not stamp here, here today. <laughs> oh, I, I've got it correct. That's because I fixed it. Yeah, I don't know. Today it may live up to its name. Just got to bleep all that out, though, when you're... Oh, are you recording now? Yeah, I recorded that. <laughs> but we, we haven't officially started, so, I mean, the music hasn't gone on, so... Yeah, that's probably the best part of the whole show right now. That. <laughs> Five, four, three, two... Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. from the SSHT newsroom. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 214. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Scott. This is Cash. This is Mark. And this is Don. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. Let's go to press. Today we're talking about National Columnist Day, Postal News, New Issues, and the upcoming Westpac Stamp Show. April 18th is National Communist... I want to say Communist... She said it! I know! We were joking about that before we even called you. I want to say Communist. I really do. April 18th is National Columnist Day, and in observation, we honor newspaper columnists and their contributions to the truth in black and white. And various shades of gray. It's also National Animal Crackers Day and National High Five Day, just for your information. Did you know that yesterday was Mustang Day? April 17th. The airplane or the car? Or the horse? The car. Oh, okay. Yes. Columnists have the ability to inspire a plethora of emotions that often result in action. What many may not realize is that is their intent. If their readers are not moved by their column, they have not done their job. With their own flavor of humor or satire, some columnists lighten the mood or play a role. Others strictly provide us with a different perspective, hard facts, and solid research. Whatever their style or approach, each columnist's hard work connects them to the world. Mankato, Minnesota. A Postal Service employee is charged with a felony after sleuthing grandmother allegedly discovered he had stolen her grandson's birthday present. Thomas Jeffrey Chaves, 43, of Mankato, was charged with felony mail theft Wednesday in Blue Earth County District Court. A grandmother reported last fall she placed a birthday card with a gift card in a mail collection box in Mankato, and it did not get to her grandson. Mm -hmm. The woman checked with the store from which she purchased the gift card and discovered it had been redeemed. The charges said a store employee provided a surveillance photo of the man who used the card. The grandmother provided the photo to the U.S. Postal Service office 
of Inspector General, and an agent identified Thomas Jeffrey Chaves as the man in the photograph. Chaves then admitted he took and used the gift card and threw away the birthday card. The court complaint said, High five to the grandma. <laughs> wow, that's impressive that they actually did the research on and pulled the pulled the video and identified the guy. Hey, kudos. And they gave the little note he threw away the the uh, birthday card. What a scumbag. What a scum. Scumbag. From Michigan, the post office in Ramsey, Michigan, has been locked for more than five weeks since regional postal authorities in Grand Rapids posted a notice of closure on March 8th. However, this did not fully secure the complex as the unthinkable has happened. On Monday morning, a pair of pigeons peered out of the front window, like having likely entered via an exposed region directly under the collapsed roof. Really? Is that why it was closed? Must be. Yeah, collapsing roof is a good reason to close a post office. That is true, it is. Speaking by secure phone line under the promise of anonymity, Postal Spokesperson Sabrina Todd said she would inform local authorities of the situation. As for the building's fate, Todd said no determination has been made yet. We are waiting for a response from the White House. However, word is that the building may be converted to a tube sock factory. I feel dirty. (laughs) Well, from Phoenix, Arizona, it may just be a simple air horn, but this is the United States Postal Service's latest weapon against dog attacks. In 2018, the USPS reported 5,714 dog attacks on postal employees nationwide. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, they should stop going near vicious dogs. Oh, Uh, there's that one guy that was attacked by turkeys. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Killer turkeys. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew? Under promise of yet more anonymity, Alfredo Villa, a USPS postal carrier in Phoenix for 31 years, will tell you if it's got teeth, it bites. Or beaks, apparently. Because I don't know that turkeys have teeth. <laughs> Pecks. Good point. It was also reported that Mr. Via may be one of the co-inventors of the tube sock and be linked to the Michigan factory conversion. You can tell who wrote this script. (laughs) No kidding. The USPS recognizes that not all dogs are vicious, but acknowledges their carriers encounter dogs on just about every block of their routes. When asked if werewolf attacks were included in the numbers, the post office failed to respond. Further investigation may be necessary. The top 10 dog attacks, which may also include werewolf attacks, are California with 794, which is down from 918 last year. Texas with a small increase to 462. New York stable at exactly 339. Then comes Ohio, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, which I heard also has a pigeon problem. Rounding out the top 10 are then Florida and North Carolina. Now, if you're really paying close attention to the news story, you'll realize that I only said nine states. Uh Uh-oh. One, two, three, (laughs) four, five, six, seven, eight. Hey, what's the tenth one? Well, that would be I would know, Cash. You wrote the script. (laughs) (laughs) Now you all know why I wanted to read that story. Uh, The the tenth one was probably like Rhode Island. So how far a drive is Promontory Summit, Utah? 
Is that an from eight, where? From here. Is that an eight-hour drive? Utah yeah. is, is about eight hours, a little less. From To Promontory Summit. Well, I'm not exactly sure where in Utah that is, but to Salt Lake City, it's, it's north about of, it's seven north of hours. Sal- it's northwest of Salt Lake City. About an hour? Then it would be about eight hours. I don't hours. know how far. I just know it is because oh. I already looked it up, but I did not look up drive times. I okay. think it's four or five hours. So, Tom, we're, we're speaking about this already, but this is a new issue that's coming out, so why don't we... Yeah, we're going to keep covering new issues. We've missed it for a couple of weeks here. So, um, My favorite of the year so far is going to come out on May 10th, which is the Transcontinental Railroad, Railroad Forever Stamps. Awesome May, stamps. May 10th at Promontory Summit, Utah, which is why Scott brings it up, they're going to release a pane of 18 stamps. Three new stamps and a pane of 18 mark the 150th anniversary of the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, a massive engineering feat that reduced travel time across the country from as many as six months to about one week and made the American West an integral part of the nation. Is the Golden Spike still there? No, no it's in a museum. it's been replaced. Yeah. No? And also Because it would have been stolen by now. <laughs> no and, kidding. Yeah, because I'm wondering why Scott wanted to know how far a drive was. I want to go to the first day ceremony. Yeah. That would be a cool one. It also gave rise to the Harvey houses that we spoke about on a prior episode, which is one of my favorite stories. It also made tube socks available to the West. That's it. Yeah. I think that uh, Sears and Roebuck started with uh, tube sock de- deliveries to California. I think, I think from the sound of that, you just made Dawn throw up a little bit in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Watch, oh, it, what watch a waste it down of with beer. Watch it down with beer. <laughs> well, two different stamps feature the Jupiter and the number 119 locomotives that powered the trains carrying the officers and guests of two train companies to the Golden Spike Ceremony, held when the two rail lines were joined at Promontory Summit in Utah. A third stamp portrays the famous Golden Spike that was used for the historic final connection and was a prominent part of the ceremony. Art director Greg Breeding designed the issuance. Michael J. Dees painted the Jupiter and number 119 stamps. Kevin Cantrell illustrated the stamp depicting the ceremonial golden spike and did the border treatments and typography for all three. And these are amazing freaking stamps. Yeah, the golden spike stamp in the middle, I mean, it it looks like old pike. Because I can't read the G and the <laughs> S because they're very calligraphy sort of thing. So the center stamp is like, eh, but the two train stamps are just so yeah. awesome. They are so fantastic looking. But you're proud to be an American. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, we also have May 21st. In Bend, Oregon, they're going to release the Wild and Scenic Rivers Forever Stamps. The Wild and Scenic Rivers celebrates Wild and Scenic Rivers' exceptional American streams that run freely through natural landscapes without man-made alterations. I don't think there's a lot of those. These may be the only 12 left. And and probably not through their entire stretch either. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) The pane of a dozen different designs features photographs that represent more than 200 rivers or river segments designated within the wild and scenic rivers system. The first row pictures the Merced River 
photographed by Michael Melford. The Owehee River, also photographed by Melford. And the Koyukuk River, I'm going to do that again because I didn't realize all three of those were the same guy. There's a bunch of them by the same guy. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few of them, but he did. But it was just <laughs> just say they're all Michael Melford except for yeah. <laughs> the first row features the Merced River, the Owehee River, and the Koyukuk River, all photographed by Michael Melford. This is too much. I should have. You only have this two. Is, you only is, have two listed for the second row. I think they were Indian names, but they were Indian names before the British conquered them in the 1800s. <clears throat> and uh, established, uh, you know, Bombay as their capital. All righty then. Cash? Yes? Shh, be quiet, please. <laughs> the second row features the Nyobrara River and the Snake River, as well as... Ah... The second row features the Niobrara River, photographed by Michael Melford, and the Snake River and Flathead River, photographed by Tim Palmer. The third row features the Missouri River, the Skagit River, and the Deschutes River, photographed by Tim Palmer and Bob Wick, who is a staff photographer for the Bureau of Land Management. And those three make up the powerhouse of photography of the U.S. Postal Service. And I, I will let you know that it's pronounced Skagit. Okay. The fourth row features the Tlickakilla River. Go ahead and correct me on that one if you can, because I have no idea. The Ontonagon River and the Clarion River, photographed by Michael Melford, Tim Palmer, and Bob Wick. Small type on the bottom of each stamp indicates the name of the river, Michael Melford's photograph of the Merced River is featured again in The Selvage. Art director Derry Noyes designed the pane using existing photographs. You per, you pronounced one of them the Snake River. It's actually the Snake River. Shut okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Stuff these a, are, stuff a tube sock in it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. These are cool. I like these because they're, they're actual photographs and they're I like I like landscape photography in general personally, so I like all of them, but four of them in particular, and you know we can argue. But the one with the snow cap mountain, I think that one is just gorgeous. Probably the best one of all of them, in my opinion. I think they're all gorgeous. Yeah, they are. But that one, that one just sort of strikes me as very rustic and landscapey, because all the rest are so urban. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rustic and landscapey. Rustic and landscapey. Sorry if I'm getting that's really why, super that's, technical. That's why here. he does, that's why he doesn't write this part of the script. <laughs> right? The next issue we're going to discuss is the Ellsworth Kelly Forever stamps. Now, I'm looking at these stamps before I read any of the any of what you have written. What's an Ellsworth Kelly? Why don't you listen to the description and wait instead? No, but I should be able to tell by looking at the stamps. And that's one of my big complaints about some of today's stamps is what is an Ellsworth Kelly? I will honestly confirm that because before they said Ellsworth Kelly, I looked at him and I go, 
are these what are these is this like fabric samples is this like the textile industry or I mean that's what artwork? I got out of it I thought it was textiles yeah I thought it was like something like that I thought it was Mrs. Kelly's third grade class yeah <laughs> yes Ellsworth Ellsworth uh, grade school in Kelly Montana okay so Tom please tell us about these stamps so we know what they actually are they are the Ellsworth Kelly forever stamps they will be issued May 31st in Spencertown, New York, and they're going to come out in a paint of 20. The set honors artist Ellsworth Kelly. Per the postal people... Hold on, hold on. Define artist. Not my job. Okay. Because the, the, the first one is y two yellow... Blobs. Blobs. Well, I mean, they're, they're symmetrical. It's, you know, they're... Not really. <laughs> okay, two... Looks, looks like somebody's folded some yellow construction paper in half and kind of cut a egg. Yes. Uh, there you go. It's two yellow egg-shaped pieces. Should I even describe what they're supposed to be and who this guy is? Okay, go for no, it. No, but Sorry. you can tell us who the guy is. You don't need... Per the postal people, I didn't write that part. Kelly pioneered a distinctive style of abstraction based on real elements reduced to their essential forms. Sort of like a five-year-old does. Yeah, This is why I don't buy art. <laughs> His artworks include paintings, sculptures, and works on paper. The 20 stamps on the pane feature 10 pieces, each represented twice. Yellow-white from 1961. Those are your eggs, I think. Colors for a large wall from 1951. Blue-red rocker from 1963. Spectrum 1 19, from 1953. Oh, I like Spectrum 3 so much better than Spectrum. They're hands down better. South Ferry from 1956. Okay, hold on. That's a K. It's, yeah. <laughs> Not even. Oh, yeah. Blue Green from 1962. Please hold, your, please hold your comments. <laughs> Orange Red Relief for Delphine Seyrig from 1990. I think you mispronounced that. He, he Measures mentions. from 1951. Red Blue from 1964, and Gaza from 1956. And people who are listening, you can't see this, but when he says the title of it is Red Blue, picture red, picture blue. That's it. <laughs> and then underneath it, it says Ellsworth Kelly. Hmm. Well, just to, just to trap your hide a little bit more, Cash, a detail from blue yellow red three from 1971 is going to appear in the salvage oh well that's my favorite <laughs> denny noy has served as art director and designer for this issue please feel free to rip apart the artwork because hmm. we are all the art critics here Derry noy is oh Derry noy i'm sorry i say denny i did mm -hmm. say denny i'm sorry i don't know about art but i know what to like <laughs> In so two, in two, you, in, so in 200 like? some odd episodes, I think that's the best thing that Don ever said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they. Um, I, I get that Ellsworth Kelly is probably like really, really good on the cocktail circuit. And he's probably a really super nice guy. But like Mark said, you know, if you have a five-year-old who can color inside the lines real well this isn't even coloring it looks like somebody took some construction paper and a pair of 
kindergarten scissors and cut a bunch of stuff out. No, this is really important work to someone. Obviously. Yeah, to someone. <laughs> someone with more money than brains. Enough for the Postal Service to issue stamps? Well, you know, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to change my mind. You know, around the top of a tube sock, you have that colored band. You could have some of these paintings on that colored band. Or you can do a 20-stamp issue of all the different colored bands of tube socks. It, it, it would probably, and then call it Ellsworth Kelly Expanded Issue. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, not as fantastically great as the River Scenes was. This is fantastically bad. Yeah, this is the other end of the spectrum. Obviously, you are not uh, abstract art fans. Even if I was an abstract art fan, I do not see any talent in this. You didn't think of them. What, <laughs> green and blue? A blue K on a green background. You know, Cash, a, I don't a, think Ellsworth Kelly That's an arrow. That's not a K. Yeah, the black uh, one's you a got K. a funky idea what letters look like. Eh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah, the one about... Yeah, the script. Yeah, <laughs> the black K. That's a... Well, that's, is that a K or is that two arrows then? That's an anvil. Yeah. I yeah, think. Anyway. Well, as great as this issue is, uh, shall we move to the next one? Because the next one, again, is a really great A-plus stamp by the post office. I mean, I, I think there are things that you can improve. I think a photograph or uh, something a little less, uh, a, a little more detailed. Yeah, a little more detailed would have been nice, but. But that's his heart. Well, they should have. I understand that. The first and, stamp should have been a picture of Ellsworth Kelly. The second one would have been like his house. Third one would have been his car. Fourth one would have been his dog. And it would have been more interesting than this. Hmm. And the, the, last one and the be fifth the... one would have been his tube sock collection. Yeah. <laughs> right. With the yeah. double egg yolk. Yeah. Well, I think it was a few weeks ago we talked about Little Mo. Now we're going to talk about Mighty Mo. Yeah. On June 11th in Holland... On June 11th in Honolulu, Hawaii, the USS Missouri stamp will be issued. The USS Missouri BB-63, America's last battleship, is the subject on an issue that coincides with the 75th anniversary of the ship's commissioning on June 11th, 1944. The stamp depicts Missouri in the disruptive camouflage she wore from her commissioning until a refit in early 1945. That wasn't very long. Mm -mm. The war ended. Exactly. Missouri earned numerous combat awards and citations during her decades of service, which include World War II, the Korean War, and Operation Desert Storm. She played a momentous role when she hosted the ceremony marking Japan's surrender at the end of World War II. Designed by art director Greg Breeding, the stamp features a digital illustration by Dan Cosgrove. Fantastic-looking stamp, fantastic-looking artwork. Also, I believe, Scott, isn't this uh, parked in San Francisco Bay right now? No. Nope. It, it is, is in, parked in, in Pearl Harbor. It's in Pearl Harbor. Oh, it is? Okay. And uh, I am happy to say that I have visited this museum, and it is a is a very moving historical monument if you ever get a chance to go see 
But on the other hand, I also served in Desert Storm with the Missouri in the battle group. And the Missouri did fire those big guns. And I have pictures that I took with my own camera of that particular ship firing its guns. And it's a pretty awesome sight and a very loud sound. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, be prepared to duck if you do go and take a tour of the ship because, obviously, people didn't grow as tall as they do today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is a lot of heavy metal shielding to uh, prevent bullets and torpedoes and other things from causing major damage to the ship. Yeah, I kind of think that's one of the goals of a battleship well, is absolutely. to avoid getting it's, shot up. It's, it's like being in a freaking tank. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a monster. If you look really close, you can see William Devane on the deck selling gold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for our new issues this week. Uh, let's see what else we got. We uh, got stamp shows, don't stamp, we? Stamp show. Yeah. Westpex 2019 stamp show will be at the San Francisco Airport Marriott Waterfront on April 26th through 28th. Admission is $5 and is good for all three days of the show, and children under 15 are free with a paying adult. The show is going to run Friday and Saturday from 10 to 6 and Sunday from 10 to 4. The guest societies helping to celebrate the 59th show in 2019 will be the United States Stamp Society, the Military Postal History Society, the American Society of Polar Philatelists. Wow. Probably one Scott will be interested in the Universal the Universal Ship Cancellation Society and the Ryuku Philatelic Specialist Society. You will find the 59-year tradition of 280-plus frames of international exhibits, a team of renowned judges, 75 dealers from around the world, meetings and seminars on every facet of philately, plus the world-famous sites of San Francisco. Our own Scott Murphy will be there roaming the floors. Look for a white rose on a left lapel. Not. <laughs> I think also, uh, Mark, you're going? Yep, I'm going to go. I'm looking forward to the auction and walking the show floor. Ooh, who's auctioning? That would be the Skyler Rumsey Skyler Rumsey. Yeah. Skyler Rumsey, nice. Yes. You can find more information at westpex.com or on their Facebook page that they now have. And let me give you a little insight to SkylarRumsey.com. It's an interesting little thing of economics for hotels that if you get a room, you can buy the room. And I'm going to make them numbers. Let's say the room costs $4,000. If you buy $4,000 worth of food, they'll give you the room for free. And Skylar, and I learned this from Skylar Rumsey, uh, they will bring in food for like Friday night and Saturday night, and they'll have roast beef and cookies and cakes and everything there for the bidders that are there. But if you go up real nice and ask, they'll let you eat dinner there. They'll let you have some uh, free desserts and things like that. Because honestly, they don't care because they would pay for the room or the food anyway. And it's a really good way to go up, say, hey, they'll give you some free cookies and you can learn about the auction. Because Skylar Rumsey runs one of the best auctions in the country for postal history. I mean, just 
incredible covers, incredible information. Uh, the guys are really great. Stop in, get some free food, and uh, find out about them. I mean, just talk to them. They're normal guys. Another note about Westpex is that they are one of the shows that puts out a label every year commemorating their own show. And you can collect Westpex show labels. They're basically their own homemade design stamp, little sheets of stamps. And they're not good for anything except for commemorating the show. But it's something that was re- very popular back in the, in the 60s and 70s when this thing got started. And now it's, it's just uh, they've continued that throughout the years. They put out uh, usually one, at least one, and a lot of times they'll have a separate souvenir sheet that is just for the volunteers. And a lot of times they'll have three or a half a dozen or a dozen of these left over, either ones that nobody wanted or um, just extras because they didn't have enough, you know, they had more than they they had volunteers. And a lot of times you can purchase those. And they run three or four dollars a piece usually. And sometimes for the special ones you might pay six or seven dollars. But it's an interesting, interesting way to kind of commemorate that you went to the show. Yeah, this year they have a... Uh, and there are people that collect them. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have a sheet of six, and I'm trying to look up who is this guy on the sheet. It'd probably be something related to their show theme. Oh, it always is. It always is. And they always have really great show fe- themes, but I'm trying to find where is their souvenir sheet. Because they have a picture of it, but it's too small to see. Oh, it's John Geary, who... uh, Invented the tube sock? (laughs) No, he was uh, postmaster of San Francisco in 1849. So they're uh, commemorating, I'm guessing, the early... Because I don't believe he was the first, but the early postmaster. So, cute little stamp. Six different colors of this famous fellow, and you can read his story. Well, since we are talking about Westpex, we should let everyone know that we are not going to be recording that week, so we hope you all miss us. And if not, um, too bad for us. (laughs) So until May 2nd, this has been Stamp Show Here Today, episode number 214. This was Tom. And Scott. And Cash. And Mark. And Don. Support your podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today podcast as a member. We are an APS member club. The cost is $10 and you can mail a check to P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053-9309. You have two new voice messages and one saved message. New message. You have been listening to award-winning stamp show here today, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. Produced and edited by Cash Braces, with engineering and recording by Tom Schilling. Script and research by Scott Murphy and Mark Leon, and I'm your host, Don Goss. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or Podbean, and follow us on Facebook. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com, and thank you for listening. To replay this message, press 1. To delete... Press 7. To save, press 9.
Listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.